show. Obviously, you're not a golfer. What kind of beer do you like? Heineken! Fuck that shit! Pops, blue ribbon! You take drugs, Danny? Every day. Good. So what's the problem? I don't know. Money, 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 money! I drink your milkshake! I drink it up! Son of a bitch. Stole mine. You're a cantaloupe. <laughs> Welcome back to WTM. Watch this movie. I am your host, Eric Mulder. There he is. Eric, he is a bad, bad man. Same old shit. Yeah, different day. I did have my uh, clip picked out, but it turns out the actual words uttered are a little too quiet for the clip, so I had to ditch that idea. Still uh, trying to work through the kinks of the intro, which... My mic's way too close right now. It's it's like touching my face. (laughs) Uh, But that should be figured out by next week, because Jones is back from his honeymoon. Of course, Jones gets the new intro. Well... Mm, I just want to make sure he, because you don't really give a shit about like music and whatnot. He helped like decide on that, you know, the first intro, like the music and whatnot. Personally, I and wasn't all that, uh, you know, I wasn't too stoked on the the music that you picked. It's not, <laughs> it's not bad, but I wasn't stoked on it. <laughs> See, exactly. You don't really, you know, give a shit. Well, I'm not saying that that I I would have. Uh, not given my opinion yeah it's just you know it was there when i came on board so yeah well now you just gotta put up with it (laughs) for just another week and plus we don't hear the intro anyways when we do this so it's not like oh i don't get to hear the intro i know right (laughs) that's uh i was gonna i was gonna when you did it i was gonna say hey how about that new intro that was a great intro (laughs) yeah i thought about just having you say that and then just when i post it (laughs) just splice it in but eh. it would be weird because it would if it's one where it's just you and jones it would be like the only thing that i say for the whole episode <laughs> <laughs> yeah everybody's like well, why is wolfman so quiet <laughs> doesn't he have anything to say about that movie that's right wolfie t wolfman himself is in the house what's going on in the hizzy for shizzy wolfman's got nards Wolfman's got the nards. Yeah, that's right. He's in the house today. Not too much news going on. There's uh see Blade Runner's coming out tonight. This is Thursday the fifth. The fifth. Fifth of October. I plead the fifth. <laughs> I, plead. I plead the fifth. In the year of our Lord, twenty seventeen. Uh but there is there's some rumors and some rumblings floating around. I love rumors. Seems uh, Mr. Weinstein, Harvey, <laughs> has got himself into some trouble over the past several decades. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's just uh, he's going to therapy, though. That's the word on the street. So he's going to make himself a better person after sexually harassing, har- harassing, <laughs> <laughs> sexually harassing. Uh, who knows how many 
women over the years. Mm-hmm. There's a story from The Wrap that I'm looking at right now. Dropped today. Bombshell report. It says Harvey Weinstein uh, reached sexual misconduct settlements with at least eight women. Pretty much all actresses. Yep. Uh, two of them named are Ashley Judd and Rose McGowan. Although I don't believe Ashley Judd received a cash settlement. Looking further here. Did she protest him at a huge rally in Washington, D.C.? <laughs> She is a nasty woman, Brett. <laughs> That's what I hear. Maybe he didn't grab it. Maybe he just talked about it. Well, so Judd told the Times, because uh, yeah, this apparently was some investigative reporting from the New York Times that they revealed today. The failing New York Times? <laughs> <laughs> Can we trust it? <laughs> so Judd told the Times that Weinstein asked to massage her in a hotel room and pressured her to watch him shower during a meeting two decades ago. So I'm guessing she's talking about the 90s. That's weird. What a weird fetish. Watch yeah. me shower as we have a meeting. Well, there's those rumblings about <laughs> Louis C.K. that he forces women to watch him beat off in front of him. Louis C.K. allegedly yeah. does that? Yeah. That's weird, too. Is that why he got <laughs> divorced? No, I don't think so. <laughs> it's probably divorced because he talks shit about his wife at every <laughs> stand-up set. <laughs> Uh, and how much he hates his, you know, life and he's got such family. good stand up. Yeah, love his stand up, but these allegations are have gotten to the point where like Tig Notaro and some other comedians have come out and like he needs to address this. And when people have asked him about it, he's like, I don't pay that any attention. Like it's a non-story, you know, like it's bullshit. Yeah. Which you know, I don't know what to believe, but what a definitely weird, weird thing. That's yeah, like why? Like he'd have female comedians over in his room, allegedly. And then, like, you'd, like, lock the door, get in front of it, and start beating off and, like, make them watch it. And it's, it seems, like, a little too far-fetched, even for, you know, I'm sure Louis can get a little dirty. Even but. if he did that, I feel like it would be just as a joke. <laughs> yeah. It's not like a... But I've heard he's done it multiple, multiple times, or what the allegations are. Yeah. To multiple different female... Well, that, maybe that's his go-to uh, prank. That's <laughs> <laughs> his go-to prank. You got pranked. <laughs> you got Louied. <laughs> uh, so back to Mr. Weinstein here. Judd said uh, she remembered thinking, how do I get out of the room as fast as possible without alienating Harvey Weinstein? She previously described the incident to Variety in 2015, but did not name Weinstein at the time. Uh, the report said the woman or the women generally received between 80000 and 150000 in payouts uh, each to make accusations go away. Judd was not one of the women who received a settlement, but McGowan was. In 96, around the time of the meeting with Judd, Weinstein reached a previously undisclosed settlement with the actress, then 23, after an episode at the Sundance Film Festival in a hotel room. Uh, the $100,000 settlement was not to be construed as an admission by Weinstein, but was meant to avoid litigation and buy peace, according to a legal document reviewed by the Times. Well, that's what all these settlements are. Yeah. They never admit fault. Yeah. They just want to avoid going to trial and having it all come out in public. Yeah, they usually have non-disclosure you know, agreements yeah. attached to those. A gag order, if you will. <laughs> but uh, so obviously that didn't apply to Judd because she didn't receive a payment. But she didn't mention him in 2015. She's mentioning it now, which you yeah. know, I'm not going to get into whether she should have or shouldn't have talked you know that's her business well it's funny too because you know you mentioned rose mcgowan 
And uh, I don't know when her settlement happened, but what is it, about 10 years ago, her name just got dragged through the mud as like a terrible person to work with. And her roles really dried up after that. Like her opportunities just kind of went away. Some of it, well, it appears this settlement happened in the 90s. Okay. She was 23 in 96, around the same time. Was that Ashley Judd or Rosa McGowan? McGowan. Okay. But uh, she's talked a lot about, you know, misogyny in Hollywood, sexism, uh, you know, uh, mistreatment of female actors um, in terms of how they're treated and how they're paid, compensated. I know she's turned down certain roles, at least she says she has because of sexism or how the woman's portrayed or, you know, things like that. Over the past couple of years, she's really been advocating for, you know, women's rights in Hollywood. When X-Men Apocalypse came out last year, it wasn't a controversy, but she was tweeting out her anger at a billboard she saw advertising the movie where it was Apocalypse holding Mystique, like, by her neck. Yeah. And she was like, ugh, just another, you know, sexist or misogynist billboard, you know, because it's... Abuse against women. Yeah, violence against women. It's, it's like, well, she's a fucking mutant, and he's an imaginary being. Yeah. <laughs> so. And spoiler alert, <laughs> uh, Mystique is like the one of the leads in the movie. So. Yeah. You know, she's portrayed, you know, not as a uh, typical, quote unquote, weak woman. I yeah, mean, this she's, isn't like she's a one slasher the, movie in the eighties where women yeah. just dispatched with with ease she's one of the most powerful you know women or you know protagonists in the movie mm-hmm. so well she goes back and forth in some of the movies like protagonist antagonist right yeah she has a very complex character and arc yeah and yeah jennifer loner it's always she's done a great job i think with the role i mean i can see where, where she's getting at with that sort of thing but at the same time like well this is fucking fantasy here yeah. Fucking uh, a fake thing is grabbing a mutant, which is, well, and it was, kind of a fake thing. <laughs> like, in the context of the, the movie, like, it makes sense because it's the villain, you know, trying to attack the hero. Mm-hmm. And then you want to go see, oh, does the hero, you know, get out, get away and, you know, beat the villain. It's not like. Spoiler alert. <laughs> she does. It's, Along with other women mutants. And yeah. Mutants, but Storm is there, and the young Jean Grey is in there. Yeah, and then uh, Olivia Nunn played uh, somebody. Well, she was one of the an antagonists. But they all turn on Apocalypse at the end. All right, I forgot. Yeah, I forgot the end, because it, it was kind of a forgettable. If y'all haven't seen it. X-Men movie. But, but uh, yeah, so it's not like it was a movie about a dude beating his wife, mm-hmm. you know, and a submissive woman you know just taking it like that is not what it was about at all yeah and anybody could probably figure that out if they've seen anything about the x-men uh read a statement here from weinstein emailed to the rap the mogul expressed contrition for his actions and said he was just reflective of a different era quote i came of the age in the 60s and 70s when all the rules about behavior and workplaces were different that was the culture then said weinstein i have since learned it's not an excuse in the office or out of it to anyone i realized some time ago that i needed to be a better person and my interactions with people i work with have changed i appreciate the way i've behaved with colleagues in the past 
has caused a lot of pain, and I sincerely or sincerely apologize for it. And he announced that he would take a leave of absence from his company and seek professional help. Uh, he said Bloom was a tutor in this effort. Bloom. Which one's the Bloom? Uh, so oh, Lisa a, Bloom. That's his lawyer. Okay. That seems like a pretty lame excuse, you know? Yeah. I think if certain other people and other professions had used that excuse for years and years of sexual harassment in the workplace, like, they would be just done in whatever field they, they're working in. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I haven't... This just came out today, as far as I know. And I yeah. I don't see too much backlash against Harvey Weinstein, you know, for being a scumball. Yeah. You know. We talked about off-air. I think uh, Les Grossman, Tom Cruise's character in Tropic Thunder, was at least partly based on Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. But... I mean, he's a big-time producer. He's won an Oscar before for Shakespeare in Love. Um, he's nominated again for uh, Gangs of New York. Uh, now, um, produced Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Uh, most of Tar- pretty much all Tarantino's work up until maybe his newest one. I'm not sure. I know he did Django Unchained. But he started yeah. with The Burning back in like '81. You've seen The Burning, right? I don't think so. Oh, that's a that's a great one. That's to stay tuned for that. <laughs> We're doing a leftover of that sometime. But, but I, yeah, he, uh, I know he has gotten a, away with stuff, and you could tell that he only released that statement as in stepping away because of the New York Times report. Yeah. I know he has a reputation of, uh, you know, heavily editing movies, like just cutting huge chunks of, of uh, content out of movies just to make them shorter. Except for Tarantino. Yeah. <laughs> somehow Tarantino got, got away with uh, having three-hour movies, but... I, I've heard plenty of uh, movies that he produced, you know, came in, uh, you know, at two hours or whatever, and he goes in and he cuts 25, 30 minutes uh, of content just because he doesn't want them that long. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I guess when you're one of the most powerful guys in Hollywood, saying you're sorry uh, is enough contrition for, you know, some despicable acts. Yeah. Well, let's move away from that. It's that time again. What did you see, Clarice? What did you see? What did you see, Brett? Oh, we're going to start off with a real stinker. From 2016, Shut In. Ooh. Shut Na- in. Naomi Watts? Shut vehicle. In. <laughs> Starring Naomi Watts, Charlie Heaton. This guy's name is cut off. Uh, Jacob Tremblay, Oliver Platt, and then a bunch of other people you don't know. Directed by Farron Blackburn. Shut In is about, let's see, it's a heart-pounding thriller about a widowed child psychologist who lives in isolated existence in rural New England. Caught in a deadly winter storm, she must find a way to rescue a young boy before he disappears forever. Oh my god, this movie was so bad. <laughs> so bad. So it it opens up, uh, Naomi Watts and her husband have decided to send their son away to some kind of boarding school because he got expelled from his regular school. Mm-hmm. He's got behavioral problems. 
So the the dad is driving the son there, and the son is freaking out, like, I don't want to go, I don't want to go, and the dad, like, puts his hand on his son's hand, and the kid freaks out, don't touch me, don't touch me, don't touch me, and he steers the car in front of a (laughs) (laughs) semi-truck. And then, uh, is a few months later, uh, the kid is a vegetable, um, and his Naomi Watts is taking care of him by herself in their house. But she also runs her own uh, child psychology practice out of like their they got, like a second house or a garage or something that they converted to an office for her. And she's got a, a receptionist, and she has patients come there for therapy. So she's treating a, a deaf child whose mother or guardian, I don't know, it was kind of unclear what the relationship was because the, the woman really didn't care about the kid that much. Yeah, so she she's kind of upset with Naomi Watts because it's not helping. And then later that kid runs away and ends up at Naomi Watts' house. And then... She can't find him, so they assume that he's run away again, and then he's lost in the snow. Hey, don't get too much into spoilers here. <laughs> but uh, maybe people want to see this pile of shit. Yeah. Anyways, there's a there's a couple of uh, twists at the end. One of them you could probably see coming, uh, and then the other one makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> but uh, uh, if you ask me, this is a WTM never. Watch this movie never. You should never watch this movie because <laughs> it is garbage. All right. So I suffered so you don't have to. <laughs> well, last week I went and finally saw Mother. I had to say it like that because there's an exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it was lowercase, so you know, like whispered, Mother. You mean the exclamation point is lowercase? No, the uh, the the whole title is lowercase, is it no, not? No, there's a capital M. I thought on the poster it was lowercase. No, it's a weird font. It looks like uh, like a cross between cursive and just like faint lettering. But anyways, I see. Uh, this came out in theaters a few weeks ago, directed by Darren Aronofsky. Starring Jennifer Lawrence, Javier Bardem, Ed Harris, Michelle Pfeiffer, uh, Domhnall Gleeson, and uh, even Kristen Wiig shows up in here. Storyline. A couple's relationship is tested when uninvited guests arrive at their home, disrupting their tranquil existence. So, a little background. Darren Aronofsky is one of my favorite directors. Requiem for a Dream, The Fountain, some of my favorites. Black Swan was great. Uh, His last film was Noah. Which I've I have it I've seen it once uh, I didn't hate it but I didn't wasn't was that away. the Russell Crowe one yeah about the uh, biblical Noah mm-hmm. yeah it was definitely interesting he took some chances in there because it's a little didn't they uh, didn't the uh, Christians hate that because he went off uh, away from the source material well he didn't he didn't that's the thing it's kind of like how you interpret interpret the story of Noah and what's written in the Bible yeah. So everything that he did in there, I can see where he'd leap to that from the Bible. But, you know, it's all different interpretations. And I think they just didn't like the fact that he's, I'm not sure what he is. I think he's an atheist because he's definitely not Christian. Although that was like, you know, a Christian based film, at least the story was, the Mm. source material. 
And this new film, Mother, has a lot of Christian themes in it. And it's kind of an allegory for, I guess, Christianity in a way. Uh, right off the bat, I guess I'd call this... I'd say WTM soonish. However, a lot of people aren't going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't all that much enjoyable for me either. Yeah. It felt like a Lars von Trier movie, but just like a, almost like a Lars von Trier wannabe, almost. It was just a little less than. Because okay. I love Lars von Trier, too. Um, this reminded me a little bit of Antichrist and Melancholia. It's it's very well made. You, you get that it's about more than it's letting on very early in the movie. Because everything that's happening, you're just like, I would not do that or that or this or this. You're like, nope, nope, the whole movie. You're, nope, not yeah. doing that. So it's kind of unrelatable in a way, but it is very well done. I can see what he's trying to say with the film. doesn't mean it's necessarily all that enjoyable. But like we've tried to say again and again on this show, um, just because you don't like a movie doesn't mean it's not good. And I will say I did like this movie, but I'm not going to watch it very many times. I'd probably buy it. I'm not going to buy it right away when it comes out. I'll probably buy it when it's cheaper and watch it once in a while, but I'm definitely not going to revisit it often. Performances are, are great, um, but, yeah, it's not the most enjoyable movie to sit through. Yeah. But, yeah, I'd say just because of how well-made it is and, you know, the themes and kind of metaphors it deals with, I think it kind of gets it up to the soonish level. Yeah, and like we talked about in one of our recent episodes, uh, there were a lot of people who didn't like it. Yeah. So. It's it's around, it, it's similar to, like I've talked about, favorite of the year so far is uh, It Comes at Night. That has like an 89% Rotten Tomato score and like 44 from the viewers. Yeah. And this one's like 69 from the critics and right around 40, low 40s this as well so it's a little similar to that comes at night but comes at night was more critically heralded yeah well and even like mother i don't even know what you would expect based on the the uh you know advertisements and previews and whatnot for it Mm -hmm. i don't i don't know what the movie's actually like but they don't give you a whole lot to go on yeah on like the tv spots and Aronofsky's kind of known for making quote-unquote unwatchable films. Yeah. Like Requiem for a Dream. I fucking love that movie. I will watch it probably every year. And like some people are like, oh, I, cannot, I couldn't have watched that again. Right. I want to go through that again. I'm like, oh, I, I fucking love going through that, yeah. that roller coaster again and again. He's had some films like that. Uh, like Black Swan is more, I don't want to say enjoyable but or entertaining, but... I know I I didn't I can watch Black Swan maybe not every year but I definitely watch Black Swan more often than Mother. I never saw Black Swan. It's pretty fucking good. I'll have to catch that. I know you sometime. didn't like the wrestler, but I can I can watch the wrestler a lot too. Yeah, the wrestler. Uh, I was I think I was hoping more. More wrestling. Like wrestling <laughs> stuff because it you could have done that with basically any profession like. Yeah. Like you could have made him a welder or something, and you could have made the same movie. You know, he used to be good at it. And now I'm kind of eh, just a weekender. Yeah, but you wouldn't get the celebrity if you're a welder. Yeah, I guess. That celebrity status. 
I think, yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't get into temptations. it. As, I didn't get into it as much as I thought I would. No. Vince McMahon said he was crying when he watched it. <laughs> well, they invited Mickey Rourke to WrestleMania that year. So. <laughs> Did he do the Ram Jam on somebody? No, I, he just punched Chris Jericho. <laughs> I think Did he make the list? <laughs> that, was, that was before the list. That was before the list. But yeah, what uh, what else did you see? Probably do one more each. Yeah, let's see. Uh, from 1995, Powder. Ooh. An off-the-charge genius is homeschooled and shunned after his last relative dies. Shows the unconscious residents of his town about connection, awareness, and the generosity of the spirit. Uh, it was written and directed by Victor Salva. Starring Mary Steenburgen, Sean, Pla- uh, Sean Patrick Flannery, Lance Henriksen, Jeff Goldblum, Brandon Smith, uh, Bradford Tatum, Susan Tyrell, Ray Weiss is in there. Not too many other ones I recognize. Uh, this one was okay. Wasn't anything too special. Um... It was it was pretty entertaining, um, but I I wouldn't go out of my way uh, if you haven't seen it to watch it. Um, Sounds like you're thinking last resort territory. Yeah, I would give it a last resort. It's uh, kind of unique, but at the same time, pretty generic story of a uh, you know a gifted kid who's kind of been isolated from society and then forced into society. And uh, society can't deal with him and his gifts, if you will. But uh, it was a little unique in that, you know, powder has the ability to like conduct electricity, which is weird. He's got kind of superpowers, and then he's the uh, most intelligent person that ever lived. He's got the highest IQ score ever recorded. So, uh, all he wants to do is go home, but, uh, they won't let him, uh, so, you know, conflict arises there, um, but, you know, if you want to sit down and watch it, uh, you know, you'll probably be entertained, but I wouldn't go out of my way to, to look for it. Yeah. Well, so we've had, we've had a never, last resort, soonish. I've been watching a lot of bad movies lately. <laughs> now I'm going to add a WTM eventually to the list. Ooh. Only thing we're going to be missing today is an ASAP, which we Does, don't give any ASAPs. We don't, we don't do that <laughs> anyways. Uh, I saw The Howling from 1981, directed by Joe Dante of Gremlins fame. He also directed Inner Space and Small Soldiers. You know he did Small Soldiers? No, I didn't. Oh. Starring D. Wallace, who you, you know her as the mother from E.T. She was also in, let's see, Carrie? Was she in Carrie? Was she the mother in Carrie? No, she was in Cujo. She was the mother in E.T. She was in Critters. Um, trying to find out if she's in Carrie. Yeah, she, she has 224 acting credits. Damn. It's more than Harry Dean Stanton. Fuck. Holy shit. She must have been the mother in Carrie. 
No, that was uh, that was not her. That was uh, fuck. What was her name? She's a famous actress, but not Dee Wallace. Oh. She was in ten. Oh, yeah, that's right. She was in The Hills Have Eyes. Okay. And the mother and Carrie was Piper Laurie. That's right. Oh, Piper Laurie. Okay. Also, in, she's in Twin Peaks. Um, so, back to the Howling storyline. After a bizarre and near-fatal encounter with a serial killer, a television newswoman is sent to a remote mountain resort whose residents may not be what they seem. Werewolves. <laughs> Spoiler. Wow. <laughs> it's a werewolf movie. Um, the say it's eventually because it is. It's a pretty fun movie. There's some scares in there. There's some cool practical effects makeup. You know, it's the transformations into the werewolves are pretty. I mean, yeah, it's very dated and kind of fake, but the practical effects it's pretty fun. It's yeah. not as good as like an American Werewolf in London, but it's pretty inventive. I think pretty creative. Um, and when, once they transform into the werewolf, like it's pretty cool costumes and makeup. I thought I had seen this, but I don't know that I, you read that description. I don't think I have. So she's a, an investigative news reporter, and she's sent undercover by the police <laughs> to meet up with the serial killer because he was calling her. Okay. So I think he saw her on the news and had like a fetish or, you know, an obsession. So they're just using her as bait. Yeah. And they're like following along like they have her bugged, except the bug just stops working. <laughs> so they have like they lose her. And then she doesn't know that it's not working. No, she ends up getting lured into this like little porno theater type place. It's not. It's like a more like an adult bookstore. They had like private rooms. Okay. And so, uh, yeah, they find her. They find her in there. Obviously, she's fine because she lives the rest of the movie. Yeah. Well, maybe not at the end. I don't know. Couldn't, couldn't spoil that. Couldn't dare do that. But yeah, she's obviously going through a tough time mentally. So her psychiatrist suggests to go to this mountain resort retreat with some other patients and people like that. Was it a setup or do you not want to disclose if it was a setup? Well, I guess you'll have to watch to find out. You will have to watch. And I do want to get to the rest of the cast list here. Um, Patrick McNee, uh, Slim Pickens is in here. Again, Slim another Pickens. Slim Pickens movie. Wow. Yeah. John Carradine, uh, Kevin McCarthy, Christopher Stone, and Dennis Dugan. As in, yeah, the Dennis Dugan Dennis who directs Dugan. all those fucking Adam Sandler movies. Uh, he did Happy Gilmore, which I like, and Big Daddy's okay, but he also, let's see here. Because he directed, he's, he's directed like 39 movies here. I keep thinking he did the Grown Ups movies. Yeah, I believe so. Um he kind of started out with some TV stuff, like Hunter and Moonlighting. But he did Problem Child. It was his first movie. So right off the bat, he got a, a winner. One. That was a good one. <laughs> I mean, it's bad, but it's good at the same time. They used to show it on all, every holiday on, like, the USA Network. Yeah, USA would pump that shit. <laughs> I probably watched that movie, like, you know, a, a dozen times on mm -hmm. USA Network. So they did Happy Gilmore, Beverly Hills Ninja, Big Daddy, Saving Silverman, which I also like, uh, National Security, which I haven't seen, but Jones is a fan of that, I think. <laughs> I think I've seen that one. Benchwarmers, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry, Don't Mess with the Zohan, Grown Ups, 
just go with it. Jack and Jill, Grown Ups 2. And then he has a credit here called Trump Surrogate Boot Camp from 2016. What the fuck is that? Yeah, I don't know. This is a short comedy. Must have been a short film. I don't know. Or like an internet video, maybe. Yeah, there's like nothing about it. But yeah, so as of late, he's pretty much dished out nothing but shit. It's garbage. But I, I haven't seen most of those, but I will say Jack and Jill isn't as bad as you think. And Especially if you think it's going to be really, really bad. Wow. It's actually somewhat enjoyable. Yeah, that's that's a movie that would get a W team never rating if I ever watched it, <laughs> but I'm not going to watch it just to give it the never rating. I do give it a last resort. <laughs> I've seen it. It's it's not as bad as you think it's going to be. Anyways, yeah, it was kind of funny to see him in there because I was like, I know that guy. But I didn't know that I was actually Dennis Dugan and that he puts himself in all his own movies. Yeah. Because in Happy Gilmore, he's the head of the PGA. That's always like... You know, you got to control Happy. He's got to control his language or he's off the tour. So basically, he just puts himself in his own movies. I don't know if I'd recognize him. Well, I'd probably recognize him, but I don't know if I'd know it was him. But yeah, uh, I'd say check out The Howling. Even get to see werewolves have sex. (laughs) Which is pretty funny. That's always a plus. (laughs) So yeah, I think that'll about do it this week. You have anything else you want to add for a wrapper up? We're going to record... Friday the 13th, part six, Jason Lives, right after this. Uh, I don't think I got anything more for this one. Yeah. Jones said he might be able to knock out episode on The Witch next week. We'll be doing a breakdown of The Witch. Can't confirm that it'll be next week because, you know, shit comes up. <laughs> right. That's half the reason I haven't been able to, like, finish this new intro, get it fleshed out, because I had uh, pretty much had double shifts five of the past six nights <laughs> damn near well, i guess not i guess i only had a double three of those nights but i had to work five of the six nights we had jones's wedding uh i went to i was rowing the boat at the gopher stadium one weekend that's that's what happens when you don't get paid for doing podcasts <laughs> yeah and then uh sometimes they get postponed minnesota united season is winding down so we're going to the last couple of games of that, that didn't affect me at all I don't yeah know. i know <laughs> I heard the Lynx won the championship. Did you hear that? Oh, sure. I was watching last night. Did you hear the, the Lynx? They won the WNBA uh, for apparently the fourth time. Oh, sure. You know you know how that works. We just can never get that back-to-back. I was putting years in, in between them. Yeah. I like how they got kicked out of both their arenas this year because they couldn't play at Target Center because they were renovating, and then so they played at the Excel Center. And then once the playoffs started, hockey was going on, so the, the Wilds were like, well, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> they got stuck at the U of M for the playoffs. Yeah, but I've always loved the barn. That's a cool building. It's always rocking. It's like the... I don't know if I've been in there, honestly. It's one of the top three so. oldest college arenas in the country for basketball. Yeah, it's it's like 100 years old, isn't it? Yeah. They're yeah. about. Yeah, it's very, very cool. Elsa has the raised floor, which is very unique. Very dangerous. <laughs> I don't know whose idea that was. It's a good idea. The I the guess. new Minnesota United Stadium is gonna have a raised pitch. <laughs> Picture that. It's gonna be the first soccer arena in. Is it gonna the be like, at least have a raised? Do you pitch. see that Russian arena with the or that Russian soccer stadium getting ready for the World Cup? They built the the bleacher seats outside the stadium. 
instead of renovating it to meet the minimum capacity for World Cup events. Yeah, I saw I saw the picture. It looked like a pile of shit. <laughs> it does, because there's like a gap between the roof and the the top of the stadium on the outside or on the uh, the end zones, and so they just built a bunch of bleachers outside that are looking into that that space between the roof and the the top of the wall it just look like what, what they fucking did for the olympics the athletes village and all the <laughs> hotels like nothing was finished yeah fucking plumbing wasn't working electricity wasn't working they can't get their shit together over there no well rio had uh uh raw sewage in the streets so <laughs> and then the as the long river. as they don't have raw sewage in the streets i think <laughs> russia's doing pretty okay yeah all right well think that'll do it be sure to uh please subscribe rate and review on itunes and or stitcher follow us on twitter at watch this underscore movie check out our website at wtmwatchthismovie.com and send us an email at watch this movie at yahoo.com suggestions criticisms whatever yeah even if it is to tell stop talking about local sports and soccer and start talking about movies. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Whatevs. But uh, we'll check you later. Guess we'll see you around. All right, check you later. Bye. Later. Wait, man, why are you always such a dork, man? What are you talking check about? Check you later. Check you later. <laughs> hey, man, you off my case.